You're listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad. So pull up your cargo shorts, put on your grass-stained New Balances, and let's throw some stocks on the grill. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host Mike Sabala, joined by DJ Brown, and today we are super excited to welcome back for the second time another repeat guest that I will let DJ introduce. DJ, what do we have for the people today, buddy? Why do you always make me do the introductions? feel like it's just a cop-out and you just like it kind of it kind of is <laughs> here's part here's part of the thing though like you usually set up the interviews so most time i don't even know what's going on i just make this stuff up as i go man yeah but you know chris pretty well but anyways whatever it's, it's it is what it is um no so we're pretty excited to have chris chung back with us uh so if you guys remember i don't remember what episode what it was but chris uh walked us through a lot about tech stocks and uh, stuff like that in an earlier episode and um since then a lot of uh a lot of fun things have developed uh between chris and stock dads and we have actually brought chris on as a full-time play caller for stock dads and he is uh in our stock dads discord calling plays alerting the group um sharing his due diligence uh helping the group understand different aspects of trading and investing and all sorts of different analysis and um, all sorts of fun stuff that most of us don't know what the heck we're doing, but Chris does. So he likes to teach us. So, um, but yeah, without uh, further ado, I'll introduce Chris one more time. Uh, Chris does run his own YouTube channel, which is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but it's Chris Chung uh, Stock Market Mastery, I think. Is uh, is how you could find that, and it's uh, super awesome. The videos are very engaging and fun to watch, and they're very very informative. Um, he'll even go as far as to share his whole portfolio with you. So, um, guys should definitely check him out. Give him a subscription, follow him, uh, and then also you know come check out the Discord and um, you know get to talk with him and interact with him one on one and kind of learn some stuff about him. But you know before I spend the whole time you know, blabbering about ourselves. Let's uh, pass it over to Chris. Chris, uh, tell the people that don't know you a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thank you guys for having me um, here once again. I guess I didn't do such a bad job last time. Well, let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves, Chris. Yeah, yeah. you're uh, you're definitely uh, underplaying how desperate we are. For <laughs> yeah, so... Um, for everyone who is just tuning in for the first time, welcome to uh, Stock Dads, and especially the live listeners here. Thank you guys so much for joining us. So my name is Chris. I did start a YouTube channel back in August and really starting to pump out videos all the time now, at least twice a week. And a lot of the time they are uh, educational types of videos where I like to share my analysis and thought process towards uh, why I'm buying a certain stock or why I'm not buying a certain stock and get you thinking in the right mentality towards uh, investing. So I primarily 
consider myself as an investor uh, as far as really doing the research. And I tend to hold stocks and options for at least uh, you know three to six months, if not uh, with the potential to even hold it for a much longer time, like over a year or two years and so on. So for me, when it comes to investing, I got into it right after college. And uh, at the time, it was a way for me to kind of find myself. You know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I also didn't have a lot of money. So even though I'm sharing my portfolio right now and, you know, it may, may seem really nice and glamorous and all, but I still, you know, go back to my humble roots and consider myself, um, you know, someone who worked pretty hard to get to this level. You know, I started with um, around $10,000 that I had saved throughout college. And pretty much every single day, I'd figure out a new thing that I had to learn. Um, I'd even, you know, I still tell this, I still do this to this day, but I bring my phone into the shower and I listen to something while I'm showering or, you know, doing other stuff, you know, but you there's know. a stock dads <laughs> after dark joke here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, uh, as long as you're listening to stocks and sandals in the shower, <laughs> then I'm fine with it. You know, I, that, I don't want to hear I about have, actually. Shower, so. Attaboy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and at first, a lot of people want to make quick money, right? And figure out how to make a thousand bucks right away or, you know, double your money right away or something like that. But I always tell people that the most important thing to do as a beginner is to learn and make mistakes. And you obviously want to make mistakes when you have, you know, a couple hundred dollars or a thousand dollars in the market as opposed to hundred thousand or a million dollars someday if you you know do really well in um in the market so that for me is something that i always try to preach to people and definitely in this episode hopefully people will get some value out of you know the educational side and how i go about investing so um i'm just gonna jump right into it but so you said that you know for new people it's good to make mistakes to like learn from them you know yeah how how do you even go about like finding plays when you're new? Because, you know, for how it worked for me and how I think it works for a lot of people is they either join like a discord or they join like a Facebook page and they just hear about like these popular stocks that people are calling. Like, how do you transition from that to finding your own plays to get into? Like, I mean, I don't know if you use a scanner or like what options there are outside of scanners, but can you just kind of talk on that a little bit? Yeah. So nowadays, if you guys are new investors, it's so, I want to say it's so easy nowadays to get so much information and analysis and just different ideas out there. Because when I first started in uh, around January, 2017, there was like maybe one like finance YouTuber online. Um, you know, shout out to Financial Education um, YouTube channel. That's some, that's a, uh, one that really taught me a lot. And you know, other than that, there was you know the regular CNBC, but there was no real thing called you know like a Discord where people went and got stock ideas from. Uh, so what I would suggest now is you know definitely look up you know how to invest as beginners. Uh, on YouTube, that's a great way for you to get 
uh, an introduction to the stock market and picking stocks. Uh, CNBC is a pretty reliable resource and one that is kind of sketch and, you know, kind of just be aware of what kind of stocks they are. But if you go on stock twits, you will get like Oof. what people are talking about, but don't just invest based off of that. Um, that's definitely something that a lot of beginners do. Uh, and you know, wherever you get your information from, you want to do your own research. Uh, for stock screeners, I do use Finviz sometimes, so they have a free version. And what you can do is you can search by what kind of stock you're looking for. So let's say I want a stock that grew 30% revenue in the past year. It's at least a billion dollar market cap. It's related to technology. You know, you enter those couple things and it'll pop out some stocks for you to choose from. And, you know, from there, then you know, we'll talk about what are the things you're looking for. But other than that, you know, it kind of boils down to also what are just some things that you hear around you on the news? What are some products that you use yourself? What are some services that you see are becoming more popular by the day, right? In that case, it's going to be a lot of technology related stuff. It could be uh, even some, you know, some things that you personally buy, right? So, that's 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 pretty much all I do as far as looking up different stocks. Yeah. So, um, first of all, let me uh, throw a disclaimer out there. I apologize if I sound like I'm underwater or anything. I, as usual, had numerous technical difficulties and ended up having to join this via my phone. But anyways, um, one of the questions that I had, Chris, is so you find a stock that you like or that you're interested in or you know that you know, is, is part of like a sector that you're following or that you have high hopes for or whatever, right? What's like, so you get the, let's say you use Finviz and it spits out this list of like 50 stocks. Okay. What is your process? I mean, and this is probably like a really long answer, but we can kind of break it down, but like, what's your first step, you know, to, to researching those companies and like, what's, I guess the most, uh, important, you know, one thing that you try and find, you know, to even see if you want to dive deeper into some of these stocks and learn more about them? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question. A lot of people, you know, you might see a stock, right, but you don't know whether it's good or not. Um, you know, you might, you might hear it and it might sound good, right? Like, let's say um, Amazon stock, everyone loves Amazon, it must be good, right? But there, there is a process that I kind of go through mentally to figure out if this is the right stock and really the right time to buy that stock. Um, the first one, obviously, is you want to get into a good mindset, right? So when you look into a stock for the first time, it might be a stock that someone recommended to you or they brought it up you know, in the Discord or they bring it up in a conversation in general. And you don't want to buy it because someone told you to, right? Because that person might have no idea what they're talking about. Um, and you know, even in the discord, right. We, you know, our, our play callers, I like to think we know what we're talking about, but still, you know, you want to do your own research and you want to go into it with the mindset of like, okay, this could be a good idea. Uh, but I want to, you know, be calm about it. I don't want to just go in, you know, let's, you know, try to make a quick buck. Let's get rich off of this. And, you know, a hundred percent is going to happen. You know, nothing is ever guaranteed and you don't want to go into it 
already with the notion that you're going to win or you're going to make a lot of money because a lot of the time through human error, even if it's a good call, let's say, you could still mess up because of emotions, because you're panicking, because you're greedy and you decide to sell too fast, buy too fast, you know, etc. Once you kind of get that down and that is a really hard thing to get down and takes practice over time, I feel. Um, but once you have that down, the next thing I go through is really uh, some of the specifics as far as the financial related stuff with the company. So thinking about the size of it, for me personally, I don't invest in stocks that are typically like $5 or less, which also usually happen to be penny stocks. Or um, if you just look at the market cap or the total size of the company, if it's under $1 billion, generally, for me personally, that's not something I go into because those stocks tend to be more volatile, meaning they go up and down a lot. And when you're working with um, certainly the size of money I have right now, fortunately, uh, that's not something I really want to see. Like if my account goes up and down tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and I definitely tell people this. It's better to avoid a big loss in the market than missing a good opportunity because opportunities are everywhere. But once you get into a bad trade and you, you know, lose money and you get out of that trade, you know, that's it. Your money's gone. And that could really affect people mentally. So yeah, if you guys want to follow up on that or anything. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have a, another question about like indicators and stuff. I know that you use a lot of fundamentals, at least initially figuring out what kind of plays you want to get into. But, you know, for you and maybe like the general populace of people that are trading, um, like what indicators do you do you look for most with technical analysis? And like, do those change based on the stocks that you're looking at. So like, you know, maybe like for penny stocks, like momentum indicators would be more important because they're so volatile, but maybe that's less the case with blue chip stocks. But so can you just kind of like speak on that? Like what kind of indicators you look at and does the type of indicator you look at change depending on the type of stock you're looking at? Yeah, for sure. One important thing I want to say before I get into that is before I look at, um, technicals uh, for stocks that I personally buy and recommend, I do always suggest that uh, you understand the fundamentals to at least, you know, a, a pretty good degree where you can kind of explain what that stock's all about to someone else. Uh, and we can expand on that. But for sure, I'll answer your question first. Uh, I personally look at probably around two or three different um, main indicators. The first one is RSI, Relative Strength Index. And that's going to be how the stock has been trading. Um, typically, if you're looking at it, it's going to be the RSI 14. So the past 14 days, they kind of take the data of how fast the stock is moving each day, uh, you know, by what degree, you know, 5%, 2%, whatever. And is it going up and down? And it kind of does the calculation for you and it comes out, pops out a number between, you know, one and 100 or technically zero to 100. And it will represent if it's a good time to buy the stock or not. So if it's a 50, that's going to be a neutral level. If it's 
30 or under, that's typically oversold, meaning stock has pretty much been going down nonstop. And at some point, you know, that's going to curve and go back up. You know, once people see there's been so much selling, it's going to be a buying opportunity and people are going to jump in when they see that. And usually that does represent pretty reliable bottom if you see an RSI of 30 or under. If it's 70 or over, that usually shows you that stock has been going up a lot and pretty much every single day. If they take you know that 14 days worth of data, pretty much it's going up every single day. Usually that represents it's getting near a top. So when I'm looking to buy into a stock, I've done the research. Fundamentally, if it's a stock that's already way high in the RSI like that, then as much as I like it, I think there's a better chance to buy it at a lower price very soon. And if for some reason it keeps spiking up against you know this indicator, that's fine. In terms of the risk reward, I made the right decision. And you guys are going to you know come across this so many times throughout your uh, investing and trading career is there's going to be times where you look at something and it doesn't look right, but it still you know goes up or it still goes down. Um, no matter what. And that's just down to, you know, probability, right? Sometimes it's just not going to go that way. Um, the next thing I look at is the moving averages. So that is a kind of like a, a line that's plotted throughout time also. And there are different moving averages. So there could be like a nine day, 20 day, 50 day, 200 day, etc. And Let's take the 200 day, for example, that is plotting on a graph, um, the stock price over the past 200 days, right? The average, uh, price. And so a lot of the time, those moving averages can act as support. So people look at that on a chart, they see, wow, now the stock is near the average price of a certain period of time. That's better than buying above that average usually. Right. Or at least uh, it's a good way to show you that at this moment, it could be a good risk reward to buy the stock. And the third thing that I look at uh, is just generally on a chart, you're going to have trend lines. And what that means is if you connect the low points of the stock over a period of time, let's say over the course of a year, there are times where stock has peaks and troughs. So if you connect all the troughs and it creates a nice smooth line, whenever the stock is you know, trending up and it goes back down towards that line, that kind of acts as a support. And you, and you can look at it and say, hey, over this period of time, the stock gradually goes up. It makes lows, but those lows keep going higher and higher. And that could be a good time to buy the stock. And lastly, if you connect all the highs on that stock chart and it creates a nice smooth line. Then you could look at it and say, hey, whenever the stock you know, goes up, if it gets near that line, it could be a time for you to sell the stock because it could be hitting some resistance. People could be looking at the chart and they say, hey, it's kind of at a high point now. Maybe we should take profits. And so the cycle keeps repeating and repeating. But those are the, you know, the main core uh, ones that I look at and definitely recommend people use as well. Awesome. So one of the things... Um that I wanted to know. So uh, 
this is why it's so you know interesting the difference between like traders and investors um so like for you you know your priority is like the fundamentals and that's like where you start that's your ground zero for traders uh usually like fundamentals don't even really matter most of the time um because they're short short term and they're just looking at price action they're looking at you know those indicators and stuff like that the technicals so with you being a long-term investor um and and focusing on those fundamentals first and that being kind of your your first i guess uh line of defense on whether or not you think a stock is is a good investment or not what's like the first thing that you look at fundamentally i mean do you like pull up the balance sheet i mean what's like what's the first thing you look at and where do you find it Mm -hmm. yeah i'm so glad you asked that um definitely for me fundamentals come first because i like to think as much as a chart looks good if you don't know the fundamentals then you might not know that hey maybe this company is going to face bankruptcy any day now and you know maybe it's been kind of like bouncing back uh, based on some rumors, okay, maybe it's not going to go bankruptcy, and the next day it goes bankruptcy. There have been situations like that where I've ex- I've seen people get into situations where they end up losing a lot of money. Um, and for me, because I am kind of taking a longer perspective usually with my trades, I want to know more about the company. I want to make sure I have a good understanding of, hey, maybe next quarter's earnings are going to be really good after I've done this research. And based on the trajectory of this company's growth, probably next quarter um, or next year, stock's going to keep doing well. So the very first thing that I want people to do is to understand the business model and kind of have a good understanding of what sector that company is in. So to do that, you can obviously go to the company's website. I always recommend that's the first thing you do. And they have an investor relations page. Usually... The good companies, they have nice, uh, pretty PowerPoint presentations and stuff for you to see. And it's really good information. And besides that, there are filings that you can look at, press releases. Uh, specifically, every quarter, uh, the company releases a um, document where they list pretty much almost all the information you'd ever really want to know. So they do have the financial statements like you referred to. They talk about their business model in general, how the company even makes money. And from there, you have a much better understanding of what, you know, what the heck this is all about. For me personally, I don't invest in every single type of company or every single type of sector because at the end of the day, there's only so much that a person can really comprehend. Uh, even Warren Buffett has said it before, right? You can only... Uh, really know what's in your circle of competency and if you just buy something because it sounds nice but you don't really understand it then you might not actually understand that it's maybe not the best investment for you after you really understand the business model and have a good understanding of the company then you're right i do look at something like a balance sheet which is important for you to see how much cash the company has how much debt the company has and assess whether or not it's in any immediate danger. That's obviously something you don't want to invest in, right? Like a ticking time bomb. Um, You don't want to be on the wrong end of that. And the other main financial statement you want to look at is the income statement. 
And that's going to tell you whether or not this company is profitable and whether or not the company's revenues is trending in the right direction. Uh, it's going to tell you, hey, 2019, this company sold $50 million worth of goods. This year, it sold $60 million. And then they might even tell you, uh, you know, projection for what they expect for the coming years. And ideally, you want to invest in more companies that are trending in the right direction financially than not. Um, so I have a quick question. I feel kind of bad because I feel like I'm asking a bunch of questions about technical analysis and DJ is asking a bunch of questions about <laughs> fundamentals. So sorry for, for bouncing, yeah, bouncing back and forth. But so with, with the, the fact that you usually buy planning to hold longer term, what does that look like as far as taking profits goes? And how do you yeah. figure out like what you want your price target to be? Like, is it, are you using like Fibonacci levels or is it other just like technical indicators or is it, you know, you just see that the company has a good outlook and you hold until you find, you know, another company that you think could be more profitable, like short term. And then you kind of just like mix your funds that way. But like, what's your strategy for um, setting price targets and like scaling out of positions? Great question. So that really ties both of those things, actually, fundamental and technical analysis. When I buy a stock, typically it's, let me qualify this. It's like, I have the intention of holding long-term uh, like I said, at least six to 12 months, if not more. But at times, if for some reason stock spikes up really quick, let's say 50% in a week, or it just, you know, it keeps going up and up and up. And at some point I feel that, hey, looking at the fundamentals, it's kind of expensive right now. The fundamental side to this uh, specifically is uh, using what um, is the price to sales ratio a lot of the time or the price to earnings ratio. Uh, simply put, the price to sales ratio is when a company is not profitable yet, but it could be a company that's growing really, really fast, like a 50 to 100% type of company. But the price to sales ratio might be, you know, let's just say a 30. Uh, if you compare a lot of different stocks, which is uh, another good way to really see if a stock is the right pick for you, if that ratio is really high compared to, you know, some other companies that have, you know, been around for a while in that same industry and maybe it's growing at a similar rate. If that one that you have in particular, that ratio keeps going higher and higher and higher, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, at some point you got to ask yourself and say, is this overvalued? Uh, and a lot of the time you just might feel that it's not as comfortable for you holding it anymore. Maybe there's a better, uh, quote unquote, cheaper opportunity somewhere else. So you might decide to take profits there. From a technical standpoint, uh, as I said earlier with RSI, if a company, uh, or should I say, if a stock is trading at a really high RSI right now, but I really like it long-term, sometimes what I will do is I'll take profits, not necessarily looking in mind at uh, what the price is right now, like as far as a price target, but just in general, if I see that stock is trading at a 70 plus RSI, 80 plus RSI, it's probably bound to pull back a uh, very high probability. So I'll just sell some of it. And if 
it pulls back, then I have a chance to buy, right? According to my strategy. If it keeps going up for whatever reason, then you know I still I, I still have some skin in the game, right? If it's a company you like long term, usually you always want to have something still in the game to you know cover your bases. And typically for me, that might be selling twenty five percent of my position at that level and looking to buy back in. And if not, I'm still good. The important thing for me is controlling that risk reward. If stock keeps going up and up and up, you know, as much as I like it, probably it's going to go back down. So the risk just gets higher and higher and higher. Uh, if a stock is trading more steadily uh, over time, you know, then that's that's more relaxing, and I probably won't really touch that at all. And just in general, you kind of have to ask yourself: uh, Is this the right amount of money for me to be investing in this particular stock? Uh, and should I reallocate some of that money to, a, again, a different opportunity, maybe? And, and you know, at some point, if let's say you hit a home run stock and it goes up a thousand percent, at the end of the day, you can't have ninety percent of your portfolio all in one stock. Then, if something ever happens, um, like with Tesla, right? If something happens to Elon Musk, I'm sure that the stock price is not going to do well. So. DJ is going to start crying. Careful talking about <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> or, or how about, you know, Jeff Bezos, right? With Amazon, same thing. Or Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook. It's, it's a slim chance, but hey, it could always happen. And kind of lastly, to expand on the, the price target thing you mentioned, sometimes if I have a specific price target, it's going to be typically one of those stocks that is more of a turnaround play where it's kind of been on a bit of a downturn, but I'm looking and seeing a reversal start to form. And if it's just a swing trade, um, as in a stock, you know, I think is going to go up in a shorter amount of time, then I will think about price targets. And those typically tend to be either I just kind of ballpark it as far as 5 to 10% intervals, which is kind of like a good uh, way to think about it in general. Or I look specifically at some resistance levels. And that's going to be either what I did earlier with drawing the trend lines or just thinking about what are some previous highs in that stock? What are some places where people kind of bought high and you know stock went down? When stock goes back up, maybe some people will profit take and that's often what causes resistance levels to be resistance levels because when the stock goes back up, some people might take profits. So that's my process for the whole kind of swing trading side aspect with the long-term investing. So kind of inverse to that, you know, especially being a long-term investor and believing in a company's, you know, future and their financials and all that kind of stuff you've done your due you've done your due diligence on the fundamentals everything looks you know fine let's say like you know just the market just isn't agreeing with you right i mean the stock just keeps going down even though you are so sure it should be going up uh based on what you're seeing i mean you look at like these earnings plays and stuff and like a, a company can blow an earnings you yeah. know report out yeah. of the water they do way better than you expect and it plummets um, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that, like just where it's kind of unexplainable, yeah. the market isn't agreeing. Do you have like a strategy for stopping yourself out of 
plays um, or with the long-term investment? Are you just kind of like a turn your phone off, you know, suck it up, don't watch and just, you know, <laughs> wait and, and hope that it recovers. I guess I, I guess my, my struggle with this has always been like, if I'm actively watching and managing my portfolio, you know, I get nervous when it drops, even if like, I believe in the company, if it drops a certain amount, I'm like, it hurts to watch, you know what I mean? So like, how yeah, do you, it sucks. you know, how do you, I guess, manage that? What's your psychology behind it? If you're, you know, if you're holding, like, what, what does all that look like? Yeah, um, that, that really reminds me of probably the latter half of 2018. And, you know, even, you know, especially when I first started. But uh, in 2018, I remember I first invested in Alibaba, right? Baba stock. And that was pretty much right around the time where all of a sudden the trade war stuff happened and th that stock just kept tanking, you know, every single day, no matter what, um, to the point where, you know, kind of doesn't make sense when, you know, for example, most of their business is in China and it doesn't even really affect um, their business as far as US-China relationship that much as far as, you know, tariffs and whatnot. And, but the stock still went down because people didn't like any Chinese stocks at the time. And I pretty much held that loss. And every single day, I you know, get more and more pissed off. Um, <laughs> but you know, eventually, I realized a couple of things. Right? The first thing that I really did not do well when I first started investing is I put too much money into a single stock. And like I said earlier, that could really you know, kick your butt. So... What I recommend to a lot of people nowadays is for a single stock, you should probably only have around 10% usually, if not, you know, 5%. And the maybe the best of the best type of stocks that you like, I would say 20 to 25%. And that allows you to spread your risk. You know, even if you love this company, you did your research, it should go up. But for whatever reason, again, it keeps going down. Then at least you're not totally screwed. You know, losing 10%, 20% on your entire account is a lot different than on one stock that is maybe 10% of your portfolio, um, which you know translates to 1% for your whole account. It's not that bad. Um, as far as the emotional side, I have um, you know also just deleted the phone off, um, deleted the app off my phone before. And just didn't look at it for like weeks at a time because I knew I was going to make a big mistake, right? A lot of the time, like I hinted at earlier, it's human error, which causes people to lose a lot of money in the stock market. I know a friend personally who was investing this year and they, you know, they had, you know, close to a six figure account and going into February and March when the whole pandemic hit and stocks kept going down all the time, they just panicked and sold at the bottom. And then the next thing you know it, you have a permanent loss on your hands. So sometimes it definitely is better to you know, put things away. Um, just make sure you can't even touch it. And if you are going to look at it, you can't obsess over it for sure if you're a long-term investor. Um, or even in the short term, I think you'd go crazy if you look at it every minute. <laughs> <laughs> as far as stop losses, I personally don't use them because typically nowadays, because I do so much research and I really 
think methodically where I'm getting into a stock, very closely looking at that risk reward. I would say most of my positions, uh, as, at least the past year, I've never been down more than, you know, maybe 10% at a time or 20% at a time, which is not, you know, a whole lot. Um, you know, the worst being during the, uh, the depths of the crisis. So for me, that's not a main concern. I have usually a layered approach into getting into stocks. I don't buy all at once. Typically, I buy 25 to 50% of what I'd really want, um, you know, kind of like going to a grocery store or something or, or, or any kind of shopping experience. Uh, you know, you don't want to buy every single, thing, every single thing you see and as much as you can out of your wallet or your credit limit, right? You kind of have a want to have a strategy going into it and a real plan. And if the stock goes down, then you have a chance to buy the remainder of what you would really want. And that helps to lower your average cost too and get you into a good position and you know well-placed for you know all that trading action that is to come. But uh, definitely at the end of the day, there is going to be a couple of stocks, maybe one or two stocks, if you're really, really doing your research where it just doesn't play out the way you want it to. And you know that's okay. If you start a business, there's going to be people who are not going to be good customers or, you know, they might, if it's a store, they might steal stuff. You know, you might damage stuff by yourself um, on YouTube, right? For me, sometimes I get hate comments, but, you know, that's part and parcel of the business, right? If you're a stock investor, there's going to be times where you just screw up, but it's all about doing the research and making sure you limit the risk reward. Big thing. I keep repeating it, but it's so true. So yeah, that's probably honestly the answer to the question I'm about to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Go ahead. Um, so for like swing positions, right? So shorter term things you're swinging for maybe a couple weeks. You know, I see a lot of times people will see will say like, I'm down this percent, you know, should I sell and cut my losses or should I buy the dip to average down? I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Um, is it more of a, like you need to be more familiar with the stock you're in to make that call? Or, I mean, what does that look like for you? Or what, I guess, some advice that you would give to people in that position? I know it's broad, sorry. but Typically, when a stock is dropping, uh, if it has dropped a good amount, right? And when I say good amount, it's not, you know, half a percent or something. Uh, you know, trigger happy friends out there. But if it's like 10%, I want to say, usually ballpark kind of number, it's a pretty decent size drop. 20%, very decent size drop. Um, you might want to consider adding there. Uh, if it's near one of those support levels or those indicators that I mentioned earlier, let's say it's been going down a lot and it's near a oversold level for the RSI, then I'll definitely add more. Uh, again, if it's a stock that I'm uh, really interested in, really passionate about, have done my research. If it's kind of a stock, you know, occasionally I might, you know, throw 1% of my portfolio or half a percent and kind of, kind of do like a fun sort of trade. Like it's not something I really the most passionate about, or I think it's going to go up huge, uh, or it's kind of like a spec type of stock. Then at some point, maybe I might just um, decide to sell it because it's not something that I'm fully uh, researched and invested in. 
but for the most part, I'm definitely looking to average down and in some cases, even average up in my position. That's something that's big, that is hard psychologically for a lot of people. Getting around the idea that if a stock has gone up from the time you bought it, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a sign that you know, you're right, your research is right. And if you did have your research and a broader perspective of where the stock is going in the future, if it went up five bucks, maybe that's you know not that big of a deal if you think in the future it could go up 10, 20, 30, even $100 per share from here. And sometimes that is the best option that you have. And that's something that I actually did with one of my favorite stocks, C Limited. I first bought the stock when it was $40. I bought 100 shares. And at the time, that was you know pretty much all that I was affording and willing to put into that stock. Um, but you know, soon after that thing just went to $60. And you know, I'm kind of kicking myself, you know, thinking I did so much research into this. I wish I could have bought more of this, or you know, I was more confident in buying the stock more heavily. So what I actually did was ended up, you know, down the line buying another hundred shares and ended up buying 200 shares and kind of kept moving my average up. I took my profits a couple times here and there using strategy I mentioned earlier. And at the end of the day, that was the best decision I could have made. So if you did your research, you really like the stock, definitely consider averaging down or even averaging up. Yeah, I know we've talked about this before, but averaging up for both DJ and I is super hard <laughs> yeah, yeah it's tough i think it's, it's because i think it's because uh we don't do our research <laughs> yeah um, we're just we're just idiots yeah i mean like <laughs> so this is the thing that like I've, i i really want to get better at um is the fundamental side of things and like especially for my long-term investments for trading you know like honestly a lot of times if you're doing a swing or a day trade like the fundamentals don't matter um it's just kind of like what's the chart telling you what do you do um you know but i'm trying to change my mindset from a you know get rich quick scheme um you know trying to just hit a lotto every time you know on these you know little plays and, and look more towards like a sustainable long-term investment um strategy obviously trading is great and like you know it, it works and you should do it and can do it and swing trading and options tradings are all all really good. Um, I'm just not good enough at them yet. So in the interim, while I'm learning those strategies, um, you know, for my my investment, I, I need to get better at just researching what a stock is, what a company looks like, you know, and and kind of understanding what I'm buying before um, before I buy it. I mean, it's like test driving a car. You know, you don't just go, you know say point at the lot and say yeah i want that one you know unless you're mike and you know really wanting that maserati you know yeah uh, <laughs> but um you know you want to test drive you want to understand what you're getting and, and get in and then if you believe in it then it makes a i, I think it does make some things a little bit more difficult you know or a little more um bearable i guess so but man this has been super super valuable i could talk to you about for hours about this but uh um, probably should wrap it up here because we still are going to do our live Q and A session after this uh, with our Discord members. So um, let's, uh, you know, let's jump into the uh, the fun portion of the show, the dad dad jokes. I hope you came prepared. You should be. You know, you're a veteran now. So. <laughs> I I was telling Mike I I brought a special kind of joke here. 
uh, today. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, he did before uh, before we started. But yeah, yeah, when you were trying to figure out your your stuff. <sighs> Sorry, guys. I know it's okay. <laughs> All right, what do you got for us, Chris? All right, so uh, I pretty much got a one liner here, and. What do the stock market and my ex have in common? Ooh. Oh, dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. <laughs> Got some stories for you on this one. <laughs> I hope your uh, girlfriend or fiance is not watching or listening right now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah my careful. fiance. No. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's not specific to me, but, you know, just pretend, you know, someone else said it. Sure, sure. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Yes. All right, so what do the stock market and my ex have in common? They're both doing really well, and all my friends are in them except me. Ooh, <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little nasty. Dang. Yeah, it, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty feisty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. Shoot. Oh, that's, that's, that's a pretty, good one, man. I, I mean, I like that, that one. Meek yeah. and mild Chris over here. Man. I know, Chris he's so nice. Well, you know, you know <laughs> I, I appreciate... A good joke, either way. There yeah. you go. I like it. What do you got, Mike? Um, I just looked this one up and had a little giggle to myself because I think it's funny. Um, okay. What do you call fake chicken nuggets? <laughs> I don't know. No idea. Chicken pretenders. <laughs> chicken <laughs> pretendies. So got my chicken yeah. tendies. <laughs> 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 uh, I love chicken That, that took me a minute. No, yeah. That was good. Any jokes about chicken are awesome. Um, I yeah. love chicken. Now you got me hungry. I'm going to B-dubs. I'll be right back. All right. Uh, what? Um, hold on. What What? Uh, what sauce do you get at B-dubs? Oh, I get the Asian Zing and the um, Caribbean Jerk. Half and half. Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's like one for two. Not, not bad. Not bad. What do you get? I get the Asian Zing and then... I kind of mix it up, honestly. Sometimes I'll just get like the medium. Sometimes I'll get the uh, whatever the honey barbecue. Weak Depen- depends on my mood, dude. The parmesan, <laughs> whatever. You know, Weak. switch it up. That that second sauce is like a it's a flex option. Mm-hmm. Nope, it's very rigid for me. Anyways, let's let's move on. Chris, what do you what Sorry. sauce do you get, man? Now you got me all curious. Now I want to know everybody in the Discord sauce. Everybody that's listening right now. <laughs> Put your sauce in the throw chat. your sauce of choice in. <laughs> Let's see those sauces of choice. No, what do you uh, what do you get, Chris? So call me uncultured, right? But oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm assuming I've never been to B Dubs because I don't know what it is. Don't oh, eat wild me. wings. <laughs> okay, wild that's what wings. I, that's what I was that's what I was <laughs> thinking, but I wasn't sure. Oh, so, DJ is about to no. jump through his computer. I, the, the only sauce <laughs> I'm familiar with is McDonald's sweet and sour. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't think you can be a play caller for us anymore. Yeah, we're gonna well, need well, maybe, to. Maybe, maybe you guys can send me some some wings over here. This is yeah, a we're gonna need breaker. to take a trip out of there, out there, and take you to B Dubs. <laughs> you know, I actually prefer Wingstop. To be honest, I know yeah, this. I know. Also, I, I know also that. have never been. Yeah, that's good. Well, actually, Wingstop, (laughs) our buddy Ari and uh, all of my little dividend loving moderators, you know, love that I mentioned Wingstop because Wing had a a nice, big old, fat, juicy special dividend. So, uh, there we go. Tied it back into stocks. 
Oh. <laughs> Good job, DJ. What's your joke? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot I had to do that. Um, let's see here. I got a couple, so I'm just gonna do one. It's more of a statement. It's not a joke. Is that okay? Sure, as long as it's funny. It's probably not, but I like it. So, okay, well, um, yeah, that gets so fine. Asked, <laughs> so, so I asked the Frenchman if uh, he played any video games. He said we. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. it's such yeah, an old funny. system i almost didn't get it <laughs> yeah, i just bought a nintendo switch today dude yeah i saw that I... it's a big step for you i know i don't play video games and i don't like i'm not good at them uh but True. i just uh bought it because my daughter um is getting to the age where she'll like really like mario kart and my wife is like obsessed with mario kart um which is so weird because she's like the last person on earth that you would expect to like video games yeah it um, surprises me when you said that and i know jenna <laughs> yeah she <laughs> loves mario kart i don't know why but anyways so i got that and uh actually this is a nice transition into our our wrap-up stuff here so i'm going to say it so video games speaking of video games uh our our live listeners can see in mike's background yeah my little um, box back there you can see a little little box of something special we are giving away a ultra rare super awesome special spectacular playstation 5 no but uh we are giving away a playstation 5 um for our all-Star and Hall of Fame subscribers to our Stocked As Discord. So if you are either not in the Discord already, uh, or if you are a pro member, get your game up, bros. Sign up for the All-Star. Sign up for the Hall of Fame. You'll be eligible to win. We'll be doing a drawing for the PlayStation 5 on January 15th, and your deadline to enter will be like January 14th at 10 p.m. Central. So... If you guys are interested in winning one of those, uh, good luck finding one anywhere else. We actually really lucked into it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Can I tell the story actually? Yeah, do it. Okay. So it's a super fun story. I've been trying to get a PS5 for a while. And like I've got this app on my phone. It says whenever they're like in available online. And like this site, wherever it's available, like Walmart immediately shuts down. and It's like impossible to get one. So I've been trying to get one for a while. And then the other day, I was just doing my grocery shopping at Walmart, just picking up some stuff. And I saw this dude walking out with PS5. And I was like, bruh, what the heck? And so like, I ran over to the entertainment section. I was like, do you have PS5s? And they're like, yeah, we just got two dozen in. I was like, oh, dang, can I get one of those? And uh, that was it. So... It's not actually that fun of a story. <laughs> yeah, I, I was expecting more. <laughs> that was pretty late. I guess the funny yeah, part of that bad. story is that Mike, the, the funny part of that story to me is that Mike was afraid to tell me that he got one because he knew that I was going to make us give it away to the Stockdale uh, Discord and he did I not want to give it away. Poor uh, he wanted to keep <laughs> yeah. it for himself. Um, yeah. But we were actually like, uh, I told him, I was like, dude, just have your roommate go buy another one really quick. And he was able to scarf up another one. So Mike has two mm-hmm. PlayStation 5s. Got two Mike, of them right tonight. now. Nice. You're going to get robbed I might. by one of our <laughs> listeners. Um, no, but yeah, like, uh, you know, he was he was legitimately 
like afraid to tell me that he had one because he didn't want to give it up. But yeah, I was really close to just not telling anybody. <laughs> Alas, here it. we are. <laughs> now I, I have strong armed him into giving it away to somebody uh, for God knows why. Hopefully y'all will upgrade some memberships and help us out. Um, make it worth it. But you know, I think it's going to be fun, fun little uh, delayed Christmas gift for somebody. So, all right. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Cause we still got a live Q and a session to do. Um, but yeah, if you guys are uh, not already part of the stock dads, Facebook group, go on, check it out. Uh, we are revamping our Instagram as well. Uh, it's going to be pretty sweet. So make sure you go follow us on Instagram at stock dads. Um, yeah. And then, uh, if you're in the Facebook group, you've already heard. And if you're listening to this, you probably have figured it out by now. We run a Discord now, uh, which includes a lot of really awesome features like uh, Stock Dads Academy, which is just a really in-depth video library to learn from. We have live uh, play call alerts. So Chris is one of our play callers um, who will actually send out live alerts as he is investing in something or as he is identifying a new opportunity uh, to give us the opportunity to kind of follow along and invest along with them. Um, It's been pretty awesome. Most of our members uh, that followed the play alerts in the first week have already made their money back, um, you know, from the initial investment. So that's pretty cool. Uh, If you're interested in joining, maybe reach out to one of our current members, look for a uh, referral code, but uh, you can also check it out at stockdadsofficial.com slash plans. Uh, that will have all the plans and just uh, keep in mind that the all-star and the hall of fame memberships are the ones to make you eligible for the ps5 and those are also the memberships that will that come with free personalized financial planning from perspective wealth planning so that's a super cool feature that pretty much pays for itself so thank you guys for listening uh thanks for all the support all you guys that are listening live we appreciate you as well make sure you still download this when it comes out got to help out the the DLs, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah. You're <laughs> <No>. so old. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but I did uh, not like know, that yeah, at so, all. Yeah. So we're, uh, so yeah, I guess, uh, thank you really, uh, a lot for coming on again. Thank you really a lot. That was pretty dumb too. Um, but thanks Chris <laughs> for coming on. Um, please guys take the time to check out Chris on YouTube um, you won't regret it. His, uh, his videos are very informative. He kind of walks through exactly what we were talking about today, how he uh, analyzes a stock, what type of things he's looking at, um, and tells you kind of his opinions on different things. And it's, it's really informative and it's very engaging and fun to watch, which is surprising because fundamental analysis kind of bores the crap out of me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. So go give him a like and a subscription uh chris chung stock market mastery on youtube as well chris any any last parting words anything you want to get out to the peeps yeah um so i was i forgot to mention this earlier i actually did rebrand it a little bit so now it's just chris chung invest responsibly and that's kind of my catchphrase my go-to thing and sort of what people what i want people to take out of in general is just you know be responsible do the right thing um do your research and all that good stuff but if anything, you can just search my name and I um, should be the first guy that pops up. And thank you guys yeah, for checking it out. Maybe, maybe that's something you want to tell your podcast host next time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, know, I, th- I, thought you, I thought you saw when 
you were preparing, but it's okay. Well, I saw it, and I, I even put on the image, but I just was like, I didn't really think anything of it because I'm kind of an idiot. So, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm sure what, it still comes Mike? up if you search the old name. Never mind. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. I just looked it up the other day <laughs> using it, so it's it's still it'll work. But just find Chris Chung, <laughs> and that's C H E U N G. That's um, right. The so E is silent. Nice. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Chiang. Chris Chiang. There it is. So, I've got. I've got. Um, I've gotten that. It's okay. <laughs> yep. But all right, guys. Uh, I think. Uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up for tonight. We appreciate. Uh, appreciate all of you, and uh, we'll uh, catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our Stock Dads community on Facebook and Instagram. But most importantly, don't touch the thermostat.